0: Welcome to the family with
1: Hackmaster Ralph David Basham, MD,
2: Alex Brant Bernard Rasmussen,
0: and Andy Brampernard. Bernard. Little news coming up next. Special guest in the second hour. Be right back with the family. Dougie, what's new at my favorite Nissan stores? Well, now that everybody's back from vacation, we can finally get to work. For the first time ever, you can get 0% for 60 months on the all-new 2021 Rogue. The 2021 Rogue is bigger, better, and faster than ever before. For more information on 0% interest on all these great vehicles, check out Coon Rapids Nissan and Walser Nissan at Burnsville and tell them Tommy sent you. I'll just cut out the last bit. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, We're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. i
1: never seen you looking so bad, my funky
2: one. i started calling Dan my funky one lately.
0: Well, yeah, you know, Doug Sprinthal is my funky one. That's Takes his wife personal. singing it, so. Right, no, he doesn't like being called my funky one. <laughs> no.
2: If I called him that, I feel like he'd be like, are you saying I smell, what's... <laughs>
0: Well, it's better than what this uh, this guy did. Writer jo- Jakub Zolzik apparently violated article making it a crime to insult the head of state. You know what Jakub Zolzik called the president of Poland?
2: <laughs> what?
0: Might face prison time for it.
2: Oh, boy.
0: You know what he called him? What did he call him? A, mor- a moron. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to prison for that? For yes. calling the president a moron. He could go to prison, mm. yep. Ah, Poland. <laughs> ah, Poland. There's no doubt about it. I just love that. The guy calls the president of Poland. Ah, you're a moron. <laughs> I wish we did more of that in the United States. Don't you? Not just, oh, you're an evildoer. Oh, my God, you're evil. Moron is better than evil. Evil's not funny. Moron is funny.
3: That's true. Right?
0: Yep we got to lock this in, man. That's all I have to say. Just get your get your stuff right. I, you know what's so funny is you look at, and you guys I know do the same thing, but you look at the news articles of the day. Is there any good news at all? Is there any good news in the world? No. Nope. This guy is going to prison because of the moron deal. 21-year-old charged in Boulder, massacre. Staffer fired over lewd act at Aussie lawmakers' desk. He masturbated on the lawmakers' desk. Uh, someone bought a house for five hundred thousand dollars, but can only pretend to live there. I mean, it's just, man. There's a lot of bad news. Now, I got to. Uh, this is for all three of you. I want you to ask to answer this question for me. I'll
1: try.
0: Is it is it not true that if Biden gets his next package for three trillion, we're going to be three thirty-three trillion dollars in debt? Is that I would not say right? Say
3: so. Yes. Are we going to be able to overcome that? Because I don't see it happening, man. Uh, not for many, many decades. If many ever. decades.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll overcome what it, but we we're going. We got. We got some. We got us some inflation coming our way. Embrace mm-hmm. yourself oh, for the ever, inflation oh. and the double-digit interest rates.
0: Oh, double-digit interest, inflation rates. Our taxes are going way up. I mean, these people are going to spend us into poverty. Yep. That's exactly what they're going to do. The people. It, it'll be just like. Cuba, or right, Cuba is the best example I can think of. Because as soon as that prick took over at uh, Alfonso Ribeiro, what's his name? Alfonso Ribeiro. What's no, his name? What's quite. his name? Castro. There you go. Alfonso Ribeiro. I whatever, whatever was some Spanish name. I know that. But as soon as he took over, the first thing he did was come to America and tell everybody, oh, I love America. America is a wonderful place. Everybody says, I hate America. I do not hate America. I absolutely love America. And then he went back to Cuba. And uh, to this day, everybody in Cuba makes about 20 bucks a month, which is where we're going to be if we don't stop these psychopaths from pissing away our entire lives the way they're doing it. Yeah, no. and I'm not pinning any one single party on this either. It's all these. It's all these politicians. Because if the, if the one side is screwing everything up and the other side is not fighting back with Furer, then you're part of the problem. Right? Yep, that's right.
1: But everybody wants this ha- handout. Everybody wants their wants their handout. Those college kids, they want that money to pay for their college. They don't want to pay off their loan themselves and work. No, they want it for free. They just want yeah. to get it paid off.
0: So everything's free. And, again, we talked about the fact that college has gone up, uh, what, like 85 times in the past 75 yeah. years. Oh, God, unbelievable. It's too bad because I, I, people think this, oh, this is actually good for What is good about this? Um, because I have had several people talk to me about because I made the statement, and now apparently Candace Owens made the statement yesterday on Fox my opinion was, and I still believe it, and apparently so does Candace Owen, a black woman in America today, that all these people coming across the border right now are going to wipe out any interest in black people by politicians, because your vote won't even matter anymore. Yeah, most likely. You're asking for trouble. Uh, you're, gonna, you're asking for real trouble if you let them do this to you. They're using black people to make money, is what they're doing. It's disgusting. Yep. Would you argue that
1: point? No, I, yeah, I, I would, I would agree with that point. And the person who was a visionary in this was Malcolm X. <laughs> he yeah, said, absolutely. He, he, saw yep. he said, "Watch those liberals; they're using you. They're using you. you know, <laughs> the the, the Republicans—they're racist. But you know, those other ones—they're using you. They're just going to use you. The liberals are going to use you. That's
0: exactly what That's he said. What I just—he was, to a certain extent, he was right." No, he absolutely was. Well, you know, to tell you the truth at the end of his life Malcolm X uh, kind of had it figured out instead of, you know, going shoulder to shoulder with idiots like uh, Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson. I mean, those losers. And what's that psychopath's name at the Nation of Islam? Oh, Louis what's Farrakhan. What's his name again? Louis Farrakhan. Louis Farrakhan. I mean, Malcolm X had, had well, that's what I they say that Louis Farrakhan had had him killed. So, well, I I assume that might be true. Yeah. You know, some things are expensive. Some, some things. Yeah, expensive. Nothing's <laughs> you went with it again. Yeah, you went with it again. I just be really careful. And if you think those people are, are there to support you, uh, you better take a look at the at the numbers, because once the Mexican vote, the Mexican immigrant vote passes you by, you're going to be no, you're going to be worthless to them. If I were. Look, you started with the Republican Party and I'm not a big fan of the Republican Party either, because they just stand there and let it happen. Don't get me wrong. But I would much rather, if I were black, be Republican than I would be Democrat. I just don't understand the point. I, I really don't. And I'm not saying you should be either. I still think you should start the uh, the African American Party of the United States. That's what I think you should do. Or the or the People of Color Party or something, where you could band together and just let these Republicans and, and Democrats twist in the wind. Yeah. Right. Yeah, to a certain extent. See, because then if you do that, both parties are going to have to come to that third party, the People of Color Party, and say, hey, man, we need your vote. What can we do for you? They're going to both have to come to you for money instead of using you to get money. Yep. You like it? I like it. I like the idea. Well, People of Color Party, get it going. That's all I'm saying. Let some honkies in once in a while. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's right. You don't want to be racist about it because, you know, pink is a color. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, there was pim- yeah. What's his name? Uh Johnny Winters. Johnny Winters. Pink's a collar. Yep. <laughs> I love Johnny Winter. Absolutely. Let's do it now. Do it on four. I I I I love how he always counted down his songs. He's just like, still alive and well, one of the great songs. Oh, is he really time, man? Oh, I do No, not? no, he's not. That was one of his great songs. Oh, okay. He's dead, but it, one of his great songs was called "Still Alive and Well." God, it was a good song.
3: Annie, you play a little died "Still Alive Seven years ago. Yeah, that a
0: long time ago. I think Edgar's still alive
3: though. Uh, but, uh, yes, yes, he is.
0: Yeah, I met Edgar a couple of years. Well, not a couple, several years ago now, at uh, Rick Bourne's house. And I never did get to meet Johnny Winter. I saw him play once and he kept stepping on the guitar cord and unplugging his guitar. Oops. And about the third time, time he, it was one of those last balls you plugged in from underneath instead of in the front. Oh, yeah. He unplugged his guitar like three times. and all, the th- After the third time, here's what you heard. You're, and then silence. And then, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. It was at the old labor temple. Guys remember, well, Andy and Alex wow. are too young to remember the label Labor Temple, but it was a great place for, for music. Jimi Hendrix, actually, I believe, played at the Labor Temple once. Huh? That's how cool a place that was. But um, small venue. I don't know. Yeah, not a very big venue, but you know, nobody knew who Jimi Hendrix was in uh, you know 1967. Yeah. Put out "Are You Experienced"? Great album. Great album, man.
1: That's not many I'm people saying. knew
0: who the Rolling Stones were when they played over at Excelsior no. uh, Amusement Park. They played at the Excelsior Amusement Park. That's exactly right. And they claim that's where, uh, oh, what's that song? They claim it's about... You can't always get what you want. You can't always get what you want, exactly. Yep, you can't always get what you want. It's supposed to be about Excelsior, Minnesota. It's true. Well, that's what they say. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what they say. So well, they say Jimmy.
1: Jimmy lives there, and he gets a ticket to the Stones when they're in town every year. I mean, he was he was a, a somebody there. That was, was they met at the, with the coffee shop or bar or some such place. And
0: yep, yep. That's what they say, Mister Jimmy. That's exactly right. No doubt about it, ladies and gentlemen. I uh, oh God. I see. This is what, I just saw something. I might puke. I really might. Hmm. Jack Dorsey, now Jack Dorsey's the guy who owns Twitter. Mm-hmm. Jack Dorsey sells his first tweet for $2.9 million.
3: Yeah, I don't know what that means. How do you sell a tweet? I don't know. How do yeah. you sell a tweet? I don't get it. Great question. Yeah, I heard about that, but I don't bill. really understand it.
0: I don't either. But these people I'm sorry, but we need to band together the Republicans, the Democrats, and the People of Color Party and storm the castle out there in Northern California. That's all I'm saying. These people are the ra- pigs of the universe. It's never enough for these people. So I don't know. But you know, they're in bed now with one side of the party and that's why they're just able to push people around the way they do. It's re- really not What are you gonna do, man? Go to right? Burning. Let's go to Burning Man. Yeah, there you go. Go to Burning Man. Uh, I do have to give one tip of the cap this morning, ladies and gentlemen. A police officer in America, of course, was killed in a supermarket shooting, left seven children behind. He was there to do his job, trying to protect the people. I believe ten people were shot. He was killed trying to save those people. He lost his life and seven children now no longer have a father because we know our politicians won't stop talking about oh, just get out there and do it. We don't have bail anymore. Don't worry about it. You shouldn't even be arrested. You are driving people to violence. What are you doing? I don't understand. Alex, Andy, you're that age. What sense does any of that make?
3: Well, they want this violence because they're banking on it. They're banking on using white supremacy to make people afraid to control them. They're Banking on making them afraid of guns to control them. They're banking on making them afraid to go outside to control them. They want this.
0: Yeah, they do want this. Alex, what do you think? Uh,
2: pff, uh, I don't know.
0: That was really clear. <laughs> Very
2: insightful, I know.
0: Very insightful. Now, what, what age are Generation X? What, what, when does that age begin? Uh,
3: 65, 66 to the, I think, like 80 or 85. Something like that. No, those because are boomers. No, that's Bo- boomer no, is the immediately after World War II. That's yeah, why there was maybe 264, baby I think.
0: Yeah, I think to from, from 45 to 64. Uh, yeah, anywhere. 65 to 80. 65 days, Gen X. Mm hmm. Because it was just an announcement made this morning, ladies and gentlemen. If any group is going to save America, it's going to be Gen X. Hmm. What do you think of that?
2: Well, there you go. Well.
0: Yeah. Where are they? That's what I want I to know. Where How are you? Good go. question. What
2: are they up to? What's going
0: on? Step right. up. How so? Do, I don't know. I don't cool. know. I'm just trying. I try to follow the news. Well, Does anybody tell the truth anymore? No. But but they do control a huge amount of money. I mean, that's that is true. a huge no, block of money. That's uh, the thing. But. So. By what? But the biggest block of money is controlled by people over 55 years old.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Did you see that? Seven hundred and oh, excuse me, two hundred and thirty-three trillion dollars in assets. People fifty-five and older control two hundred and thirty-three trillion dollars in assets. That That's a lot of money, possible. man. That's what they say. What I don't know. I didn't trillion? do the math. That's what they're talking. I
2: mean it's no cajillion yep. like what the Democrats have in the Vatican. Right. But
0: Exact Democrats yeah, absolutely
1: Democrats right. have in the Vatican?
2: That's what QAnon people think that the Democrats filter money through the Vatican and they've kept cajillions of dollars.
3: Well, even if you split two hundred thirty three trillion among everyone in the entire country, that would be seven hundred six thousand per person. So I think so I'm there thinking you go. probably not. No, but you think of the average house now; is about four hundred grand, right there. Well, oh, but if that was just people over fifty-five, I mean, that yeah. would be like—that would mean the average person over fifty-five is worth like two million dollars. And I don't so th- think be. that's true. I don't know. That's what they claim. Who's there? That's what they claim. We got to take a break
0: here because Doctor Lucille Burbank's going to come on, and we're going to talk about some Sesame Street and all kinds of great stuff. Right after this, with the family. Visit Shift2Cell.com because life is expensive enough. There are definitely things to avoid during a Minnesota winter, like licking a flagpole or waiting too long to replace that car battery. But number one on the list is taking a chance on your furnace. Hey, Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, reminding you that a furnace clean and tune will improve efficiency, reliability, and peace of mind. Or maybe it's time to take advantage of Sabre's rebates and upgrade to an energy-efficient Bryant system. Don't take chances on your comfort. Visit SaberHeating.com. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. We're rocking out, man. That's all I have to say. We got the 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 hi-hat. Is it the hi-hat or the top hat? I forgot. It was something. Hi-hat. Hi-hat. I was a drummer until I was 19, but that was a long time ago. It was. Long, long time ago. Is Dr. Burbank ready to go?
3: It went right to voicemail, so I gave her our call-in number, and she'll hopefully call whenever she gets that message.
1: Hey, give us a call right now. <laughs> that's
3: what I said. That's exactly how Andy uh, sounded.
2: That did not sound
0: oh, like Oh, you her. did. Did you do that something? Hey, call in right now, Miss Piggy. Because <laughs> uh, so uh, I want. I do want to talk to her about the fact that Sesame Street has kind of taken a, a cancel culture beating because they think, you know, like Miss Piggy having a woman be a pig, they don't really like that. Or a pig be a woman, I guess. Mm. Uh, there are a lot of things apparently about Sesame Street. But not, I'm not going to talk to her at length about that because she's here to talk about the posit- positive aspects. Well, she's you guys watch Sesame Street. Sesame Street when you uh, were kids, didn't you?
3: Yeah. That was yeah. so long ago, I barely remember anything oh, about yeah. it. Everybody's what like, yeah. yeah How long
4: has so Sesame history.
3: Street been on? Uh, pro- since the 60s, I think. Yeah. 69. There you go.
0: Okay. 1969, the year I was supposed to graduate from high school. That's the year it came out. That's all I'm saying.
3: I remember uh, because I've seen pictures of the original broadcasts of Sesame Street, and everyone looks very... Late '60s, early '70s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see that. They all yes. look like they came straight off the Laugh In set.
0: <coughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that making sense. I but did, uh, I just remember the uh, Muppets on Saturday Night Live. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh, the yeah. That was. That's where. What's the?
3: Burp, 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 burp. Burp, burp, burp. The what burp, was burp, the drummer's
0: burp. name again? Oh, drummer. Uh, animal. But, animal.
3: Oh, animal. animal. Yes. Yeah. It was animal, yeah,
0: that's right, animal. I love Sesame Street. You guys used to watch it. we sit around and watch it. I, I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. And it, and it did, you know, I think, uh, well, here this is from Dr. Lucille Burbank. Back in 1969 when the show launched, this was an amazing feat, and the formula for success has lasted for more than half a century. My, my book takes a nostalgic look at, uh, you know, at the whole shooting match. It just... Uh, there's but so the many says, positive things about it. Takes a nostalgic look at the whole shooting match. No, it's a I'll tell. I read what it says. Are you ready? You want to? You want to hear what it says? Because I don't pre-read anything. I never pre-read. I think I see what happened.
3: It's yeah. It's the bio is broken. My book takes a nostalgic look at the. Dr. Burbank, whose book is a Mom's Choice Award horse. What?
2: <laughs> that's why you filled <laughs> in with... It just ends
3: sh- with the... Yeah, that's why you the, filled in with The whole
2: shooting
0: match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Exactly. Because there's nothing there at all. Oh, my God. But what the hell? What are you going to do? <laughs> it all works out in the end. But, yeah, you know, since it doesn't look like Dr. Burbank's going to be on. Yeah, uh,
3: I, uh, Dr. Burbank,
0: whose book is a... No, oh, it's all right. I can give her another it call
3: happens. in, like... I'll try again at 1245, maybe. Hopefully, it'll ring this time uh
0: what time did this segment start like 39
3: uh what, what have we been doing we've been going for three minutes so yeah just about
0: yeah th- 29 so it would uh, or 39 excuse me so we should be up by 55 anyway so once you try reaching her at 55 for the last segment or whatever okay because I don't want to have to break right after the first five minutes she's on yeah. and if she call I mean if she calls in that's fine but you know we can call her at 55 if you want right Uh, Sesame Street not only entertains millions of children, it educates them, says author Dr. Lucille Burbank back in 1969 when the show launched. This was an amazing feat, and the formula for success has lasted for more than half a century. My book takes a look at uh, the whole shoes and match. The whole shoot match again. There it is. <laughs> what made Sesame Street a wildly successful show and why it's still needed today? Because it had a sense of humor, because it included all people. There were white people, uh, brown people, black people, Asian people. There are all kinds of people on that show, uh, which I thought was great. The challenges the show in its early days had to overcome. That's what I really wanted to talk to Dr. Burbank about, the challenges that it faced. Because there were. I do remember there being quite a few. Well, Miss Piggy, what, what, what was it that...
2: Miss Piggy's not a muppet.
0: Miss Piggy's I mean not, not
2: a Sesame Street character.
0: Yeah, no. I thought she was she's on. A,
2: she's a muppet. Oh. Well,
0: she's I thought Sesame they Street. were muppets on Sesame they Street. They
2: are they're all Jim Henson people, but the Muppets are not on Sesame Street. No,
3: yeah. Except for oh, Kermit okay. Frog. Kermit's,
2: Kermit's,
0: Kermit's on, not on
3: Sesame yeah, Street. Yeah, no, that's that's all oh. that's all the Muppets. Yeah.
0: Really?
1: Oh, it's all in so the Muppets. You cancel the Muppets. So yeah. there is nothing to cancel. What?
2: I think Sesame Street's yeah, very, like has for a long time. I think Sesame Street was one of, like, the inclusive, like, at the forefront of inclusivity because they... Right, right. I just saw a really cute thing that a mom um, wrote yesterday, and she has an autistic son. And she was like, we were out in public, and I heard this little girl say to her grandmother, that boy's silly. I want to go play with him. And then the grandma said, "Okay, but just be gentle." And then she said, "I know, I saw on Sesame Street." Mm. Like because Sesame Street <laughs> Sesame Street has an autistic character. Aww. A nonverbal artistic what? character. And she's like, and then she just goes up and plays with my spinning nonverbal aut- autistic son because of, like, she knows on Sesame Street not to be afraid of it. Exactly.
1: And that's the See? same thing that's with great. Dr. Seuss. The, the whole point, yep. this was inclusivity. Yep. This was trying to get rid of differences in color, trying to wipe those things away, try to heal that sort of stuff, Get move on. And like what? the Lorax
2: and stuff? Yeah.
1: I don't know. It's
2: I. Interestingly enough, I was on Target.com looking for um, children's books for the kids' Easter baskets because I usually give them each a book for every holiday. And at, there were the first 30 were all Dr. Seuss books that popped up. If I just looked, searched mm. children's books, it was all Dr. Seuss books. And I was like, are they trying to what get was? rid of them? Like for sale on Target. Oh, it God. was just. I oh was yeah, like, are they, yes. yeah, are they trying to purge them? Why is it all Doctor no. Seuss books?
0: Because that's what people are buying. People are buying those things at very high dollar values they
3: too. Are weird.
0: Yeah, they are indeed. They just want to want to. Yeah, I, I love Doctor Seuss. I see. I never saw the monkey one or anything. I I don't know what the hell the monkey one even is. I've I, never seen it.
2: I saw the um, drawings that everybody is upset about, and they are bad
0: they are and what yes. was the point of them
2: they're very bad to just be a dick i think
0: i don't know oh really it just seems
1: so I yeah what do you mean the monkey drawing what, do they you know, look what like? monkey i one.
2: they were no there it was um black people but they were lined up and they looked like they had human bodies but monkey like big ears and big like monkey mouths and then it said you know like n-word for sale <laughs> Blah, blah, what? Blah. Yeah, that
3: sounds fake.
2: No, I'm t- like it was the original.
3: Yeah, you can God. find it online. Mm, I'm skeptical. Yeah, I'm very know. skeptical. Doctor Seuss. I've never I've even heard, heard of him. He said one of the sweetest things ever. He's he drew World War Two propaganda.
2: Doctor Burbank is calling you.
3: Uh, I disagree.
0: Doctor. Well, there you go. You've got the wrong number apparently. Can we call Dr. Burbank then? If she is calling, why don't you try calling her? That would be a good thing. Thank you, Mm. (laughs) Andre. Andre? Andrew. Andre! You can't
2: say anybody. Andre. You can say Andre,
0: Andrew, or Andy, but Andrea. Trevin. Yes, Trevin. Andre de Giant. Andre Andre, the Giant.
2: Yeah, that's... Right. Yeah. that's like whenever I read the kids' books that we are, like, super familiar with, I always mispronounce a bunch of words just to see if they'll Uh-oh. notice. And they're like, "What? that's wrong. What are you doing?
1: Well, I don't even, I don't even <laughs> well, read the right. books. I don't even read the books. Oh, really? I don't have like, my glasses. I get the, I get the book out. We oh, the, I, oh I, I, I make it up. My kids would be like... I what s- are
2: you doing? Those I, aren't the words. I sing,
1: I sing the book. I made a whole new book. They get a whole new book when I read it. Remember, read a new book every
2: time. I, my, my kids, if I miss a word, they're like, uh, no.
0: They know them by heart. Lucille is on. Excellent. Dr. Lucille Burbank, ladies and gentlemen, The Inside Secrets of Sesame Street. It is available on Amazon. Dr. Burbank, we've oh. been going down the descriptor because uh, this family... Loves Sesame Street. Always has.
4: Well, that is wonderful. And uh, so many people love Sesame Street.
0: <laughs> they do. Now, I, I just, just to get it out of the way, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but just to get it out of the way, Sesame Street's not having the same problems that, uh, that some people have with the Muppets. Are they? Even though they're all Muppet characters, or I, I guess Jim Henson characters, Sesame Street doesn't have a lot of problems with the cancel culture people, do they?
4: Um, you know, oh my gosh, wait a minute, we're getting um, okay, are you still there?
0: Yeah, we're here.
4: Okay, because I was just getting another uh, call in. Um, you know, it's uh, I don't think so. It's Good. it's it's a little bit overstated. And um, we just want to look at it carefully. But I'm sure if there was something that was assumed, the workshop creators of Sesame Street would, would correct it right away.
0: I think so. We were just talking, uh, Dr. Burbank, about the fact that uh, my wife is not here today, but our son, who is uh, 35 years old, and well, you will be 35 years old in October, and our daughter, who is just a couple years younger than that, we were just talking about watching Sesame Street all, all the way back with them when they were little kids. Dr. Basham's with us. He was watching with his kids. But this has been their whole life, which is wonderful, I think.
4: It is wonderful because, you know, when you grow up with children's television and good children's television like Sesame Street, it makes an impact and you remember it and it helps you grow in a healthy way.
0: No, I had no question about that. Uh, why do you think it is? Because we we're talking about some inclusivity at a very early time. Whether it be, you know, male, female, skin color, uh, people with accents, people without accents. What made Sesame Street a wildly successful show, and, and, and we do need it today. What was the thing that caught people immediately?
4: Well, it really is the appeal of the Muppets. Um that, their characters and their characterizations. And of course, you know, when you develop, um, characterizations, they appeal to adults and to children alike. Uh, the celebrities on the show, um, are wonderful. James Earl Jones and Burt Lancaster would make people, make uh, adults, um, the parents stop as well as the children with their presence. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it made learning fun. I mean cheapers. Uh before that time learning was a little bit uh, dull, didactic. And this way it combined entertainment and education expertly with um with the help of their research and it just made learning fun. And so the kids could enjoy learning and not think of it as a hardship.
0: Isn't that wonderful? See, I, I just think that's absolutely fantastic. We're just talking about uh, just yesterday's, magic, by coincidence, that um, homework. They were talking about homework, you know, during the COVID-19 uh, crisis and all the rest of it. And when you get back to school, they're still going to have a... I didn't know. Homework was invented to impress parents. Because when the kid ah. came home and just played, and they said they invented homework. You had to do work at home to show your parents that the school was teaching you something.
4: Oh, my gosh. Ah. <laughs> I always thought of homework as practicing what you learned during the day.
0: With, right, um, right, exactly.
4: And, yes, exactly is right. And, and Sesame Street really went into um, repeating certain things. Uh, repetition is a key factor in learning. And so it was doing repetition in all sorts of creative ways. And practicing is really powerful. Uh, much more powerful, I think,
0: than all of us realize. And that came out of the workshop, too. I could see. Now, I gotta, and I cannot remember, and I'm sorry about that, but I think it was on Sesame Street, but I'm not sure because it was a Jim Henson character. But the Count was one of my favorite characters that Jim Henson <laughs> ever did because he literally would count. I loved it.
4: Well, you know what's so great about the Muppets and the Count is they can do things that people cannot do. The Count can <laughs> count grains of sand, and you can't imagine a live actor uh, doing that. Or the Cookie Monster could sell his soul to the devil for a cookie. And, you know, you really can't have an adult uh, role model doing that. So um it worked out beautifully and and the muppets served as such a great avenue for the writers to expand their imagination and to be able to teach shapes or numbers or letters and all sorts of creative ways and humorous ways too. These muppets are charming, they're vital, you know, they're vital, you know, the vitality of them. Uh, they're appealing because of their characterizations and so yes uh they are wonderful and so is uh so the county's your favorite muppet
0: I love the count I just just said von von Christmas tree <laughs> I just loved it I absolutely loved it
4: <laughs> yeah Got the you fake know that, accent <laughs> it is wonderful you know that presence when the count would and you so beautifully did it. Um, I can't copy the count like <laughs> you did. But that presence. And then you have James Earl Jones coming on the show. Yeah. And yep. with his presence and counting or saying the alphabet, we called that the James Earl Jones effect. Because oh, everybody yeah, tried to emulate it.
0: No doubt. I remember I I, I interviewed James Earl Jones several years ago, and I have a pretty deep voice myself, but it was one of these kind of deals. It went just like this. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our special guest, James Earl Jones. How are you doing, Tom? I'm like, whoa! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's quite the voice there, James. Pardon me.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That is beautiful. And did you know that, um, how Oscar the Grouch got his voice? No. Okay, okay, Carol Spinney, who played Big Bird, the late Carol Spinney, Mm -hmm. who played Big Bird for over 46 years, he also played Oscar the Grouch. All right, so he could get Big Bird's voice, no problem, three octaves higher, he was fine. But he was down to the wire going to the rehearsal with Jim Henson to do Oscar the Grouch, and he still didn't have his voice. So he goes running to get a cab, and the cab driver, and again, you can do this better than I can, but the cab driver goes and asks her as a voice, where to Mac? And Finney is going, oh my gosh. And so <laughs> he's popping, where to Mac? Where to Mac? And this cab driver is going on about, Lindsay is wrecking the city, and he has a... <laughs> A cigar, he's chewing on a cigar on the side of his mouth, and, and Carol Speed's going, This is it, this is it. And he's on his way to the rehearsal, so he memorizes where to max. He gets to the rehearsal and Jim Henson says, Well, how do you want to do this? He says, Let's put Oscar in the trash can. You knock on the trash can. Jim does that, and sure enough, Benny came up with Oscar the Grouch's voice.
0: That is magnificent. And that uh, is
4: y- how it was developed. No royalties for the cab driver.
0: <laughs> oh, he didn't even know probably. To this day, he probably didn't know it's him.
4: Oh, I um, know, I-, I know, but I hope maybe he heard.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I hope, Dr. Burbank, can you, you know, stay with us for another segment? If I take a very short break, can you stay another segment?
4: Sure, I would love to.
0: Magnus and be back in just a couple of minutes with Dr. Lucille Burbank. The book is called The Inside Secrets of Sesame Street. It's available on Amazon and everywhere. Right back with Dr. Burbank. Dan Chesky is here from Dan Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Tom Bernard here with John Schwartz, co-owner with brother Joe of Triple A Movers, local and family-owned since 1964. John, can you break down your triple guarantee for our friends that are listening?
3: I was afraid you were going to ask me that, Tom, but here goes just the same. There's our price guarantee. We don't play games with our price quotes like the other guys. There's our safety guarantee. Your health and safety of your items is our number one concern. And our satisfaction guarantee. Bottom line, we're not satisfied with your move until you are. Is there a free thing guarantee? Of course. Mention Tom Bernard or KQ, and you'll get a free moving box kit with every move. And you'll save 50 bucks off junk removal with junk luggers.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, your move is always triple guaranteed with AAA Movers. That's our price guarantee, safety guarantee, and satisfaction guarantee. Call 612-588-MOVE or online at aaamovers.com. AAA Movers. You may not move every day, but they do. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Lucille Burbank. The book is called The Inside Secrets of Sesame Street. It's available on Amazon. Sesame Street not only entertains millions of children, it educates them, says author Dr. Lucille Burbank. Back in 1969 when the show launched, this was an amazing feat. And the formula for success has lasted for more than half a century, which is great news You also talk, uh, Dr. Burbank, in your book about why we need a show like Sesame Street, which caters to preschoolers to address the needs and challenges of 8- to 12-year-olds. What's that all about?
4: Yeah, well, you know, um, they have their issues, too. It's kind of like 7- to 12-year-olds, I'm thinking now. Um, They have their issues. Uh, We have to address bullying, uh, tolerance and uh, some of the other things they're dealing with like the plethora of online um media and being online and and the plethora of media and so there's a lot of and they're coming into their own uh during this time and i think it would just be great just like we have inspired and taught preschoolers it would be a good idea
0: to address that older age range too yeah i think this is, uh, you. you bring up in your book how sesame street confronts huge issues like gender identity bullying war racism all that Children's shows used to run away from that at top speed but now they actually address it probably very healthy i would think
4: yes it is very healthy you know when i interviewed um fred rogers from mr rogers neighborhood he said what we need are more honest adults lucille and so when Mr. Hooper, do you remember uh, Will Lee, who played uh, the uh, storekeeper, uh, Mr. Hooper's mm-hmm. store, and mm-hmm. when he died after 12 years being on the show, the the workshop said, hey, we're not going to say he's gone on vacation, we're not going to say he's retired, we're going to face death and Ooh. really teach preschoolers about it, and I was so excited that they were being so honest, and this was a new affective area. Usually they do the cognitive, the numbers, shapes, and so forth, but and classifying and sorting. But this was affective, and they were starting to go there. And Norman Stiles, who I worked with, was the head writer, and he wrote a script that won the Emmy and Peabody Awards. And it was beautiful. Um, If you have some time, I can just go into it a little bit? Or or go on to something else? Okay.
0: No, absolutely. We have the time, absolutely.
4: Oh, great. Okay, so Big Bird's there, and Big Bird is pretending to be an artist. And he's drawing the pictures of uh, of his friends, of his neighbors, of Maria and Gordon and Bob, and, of course, Willie or Mr. Hooper. And he says, well, where's Mr. Hooper? I want to give him his picture. And Maria says, don't you remember, Big Bird? Don't you remember we told you he died? Oh, and Big Bird says, oh, I'll give him his picture when he comes back. And then Bob comes forward and says something like, you know, when a person dies, they never come back. And Big Bird stops and looks, and is really getting the feel for what's happened here. And he says, never, never, never. And uh, there were tears in everybody's eyes, and they did this um, segment uh, um, the first time. And if, you know, Willie was loved so much, he was the grandfather figure on the show. And um, now the preschoolers were learning about death, and then we went on to some other affective ma- matter. As time went on, Sesame Street acquired more um, emotional, um, affective uh, material, as well as, of course, the cognitive the shapes and numbers and classification and so forth was always at the forefront but um they were also doing some other uh material or content and that was an example of one of them
0: yeah i uh, see i think that's a magnificent story i just love that how it all comes together uh, andy and alex now andy who you know when he's about to turn turn 35 at the, uh, at the end of the year here. Um, he doesn't remember it as well as Alex, our daughter, who's 32. Now, Alex, do you think just the fact that you're three years younger, that you've been around longer, that is that why you remember most of it?
4: Well, don't... it's, yeah, you know, it depends. But um, really, what they were finding with the, the preschoolers, which is why it was so exciting for them to develop Sesame Street and have television finally reach its potential is that the mind is rapidly developing when you're a preschooler, when you're young. You're soaking up information at a tremendous fast rate. And this is why they decided um, to go there, because there were a lot of poverty uh, children who could not go to preschool. And uh, this way they could watch Sesame Street, get their preschool education when they were most able to soak up everything. And yes, it could be, and, and also, you know, um, girls, females and males are different. It could be, um, but three years could make a difference um, in the memory because of the rapid uh, speed with which the brain develops as you're very young. It, it's tremendous, by the way.
0: Yeah, no question. Andy, Alex, you have any questions? Ralph, you got any questions? I don't want to hog up the whole interview here, but I mean, you guys were huge fans of that show when you were little.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's so interesting that there's so much uh, emotional education. It was, it, it, this idea of not just um, maybe to, to not just literal, I wouldn't say literal education, but not just uh, traditional education, but all this idea of emotion and other life uh, happenings that that children can get a sense of. They take away what they can understand, but they can't understand everything about death and things like that. But to address it that way and to also show a bit of emotion associated with it because if you had grandma or grandpa and they died, everybody was crying or was upset. And as a maybe a preschooler, that maybe well what's going on here? Why is everybody upset? And that gave him a framework to try to understand that, which is a wonderful, I think, just a beautiful thing. And that's why mm-hmm. that show has been uh, enduring, uh, endearing, and has been uh, so, so accepted.
4: Yeah, it really, it's called an experimental program because each year it was experimenting with different subject matter and ways to present it to preschoolers. And um, so, you know, that experimental air and that can-do air and and getting television to reach its potential. You know, when it was developed in 1969, man had walked on the moon, Um, but television was, was... kind of a wasteland and children's television we had peggy sharon coming on with action for children's television and then the sergeant uh general went there with a book on violence in and tv and the workshop said hey let's do something there's a need here there's a need for a high quality program to show everybody that um as well as helping the preschoolers Get a head start in education to show everybody the potential of, of good, high-quality television and children's television, especially wasn't always high quality, but that's why they went there.
1: So, so you, uh, are you pretty much saying that soupy Sales just wasn't wasn't worth it? Just didn't carry the carry the water, <laughs> <That's> the, <nice. laughs> carry the water that Sesame Street carries.
4: Well, you know, um, it's just. I'm not really comparing any show because um, that wouldn't be fair. But I would say, I can say unequivocally that Sesame Street aimed for high quality. Um, I'm sure soupy sales aim for certain things. And maybe it's high quality, but I'm not going to... I'm not going to
1: go there, guys. Yeah, but <laughs> love but, but it. But we had romper love room. It. Romper room. Uh, we had. Oh uh, yeah. Mr. Well, Green,
4: they took off. But yeah, they didn't like romper room. That had to change because learning was too didactic with romper room. Right.
1: <laughs> and, and Mr. Green Jeans. They, they they had they had some of the the shows were there, but they were uh, I think at a different level of sophistication with regards to the education piece to it.
4: Well, you know, Captain Kangaroo was really a precursor to the curriculum on Sesame Street because Bob Peasin, and I interviewed him, the creator of Captain Kangaroo, really believed that a child could needed education and could um, understand anything if it was explained on their level with a certain vocabulary and so forth. So he did a lot of teaching on his show, and it's interesting, but the people, the creators of Sesame Street, all worked on Captain Kangaroo initially. They were trained there. They worked on Captain Kangaroo, and yes, I know, I found that out too, so that when I was interviewing the three shows, I had to interview Captain Kangaroo, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood in Sesame Street. I can just talk to the executive producer, Dave Connell, about um, Sesame Street and also Captain Kangaroo because he worked there.
0: Yeah, God, I, and, I, what a great story that is. That's wonderful. It
4: is. I know. I, I, I was so... It was so funny. So um, what they did is all... What they did, they took what they learned from Captain Kangaroo, and and during those times, they were trained. They had training and practice. And anyway, they took what they learned from Captain Kangaroo, and they made a formal curriculum um, on Sesame Street from their experience with the other shows.
0: That is so terrific- yeah you know one of the great thrills of my life, Dr. Burbank, many, many, many years ago, like three decades ago, Captain Kangaroo was on my morning show that I do. Bob Keeshan ah. was his real name, and he came on my morning show and just hearing Captain Kangaroo say, "Well, good morning, Tom, what a thrill that was for me. I'll tell you had
4: it was just a, a beautiful present I remember talking- oh yeah, oh yeah. Dave Connell, the executive producer of Sesame Street, about Captain Kangaroo and his presence and how he could just empty his pockets, which is where Kangaroo came from, the big pockets, and he could just play with these toys, wind them up, put them down, and mesmerize his audience. And he, you know um, what's also interesting... Do you know that Bob Keeshan, the creator of Captain Kangaroo, was Clarabelle the Clown on Howdy Doody?
0: Right. Yes, I did know that.
4: So, Ah, from that experience, sure, from that experience, he said, I don't want to exploit kids. I don't want to, you know, have them so uh, excited that they can't learn and so forth. He said, I want to go there at a slower pace, a gentle pace, and I want to do something different. And that's why Captain Kangaroo was born.
0: Dr. Lucille Burbank, the book is called The Inside Secrets of Sesame Street. It is available on Amazon and everywhere. Dr. Burbank, a terrific guest. What a joy talking to you. Thank you for your time today.
4: Thank you so much. It was my pleasure.
0: Have a good day. Bye-bye.
4: You too. Bye-bye.
0: What a sweetheart. Now who does she sound like, Alex?
4: Betty White.
0: Maud.
2: Oh. Yeah.
3: No. Oh totally. No. Yeah. But oh God, what, yes. Oh this? yeah. Well Maud what is sounds like this. Maud is almost like a woman doing a falsetto.
2: Maud. What
3: she yeah. talks like this. Uh-huh. That
2: woman did not sound like Maude
3: She Maud sounded like Maude with a much deeper voice. Yeah, well, that's good. true. She, she sounds true. like a that's New true. Yorker a good person. Jones Maud. There you go. Yeah.
0: yeah. So
3: there you go. I, my name is
0: Maud. <laughs> Um. By the way, Dr. Basham, I heard you thinking this word twice when she said it. Both times I heard you thinking, it's plethora. A plethora. <laughs> what did she right? say? Plethora. Plethora. Oh, plethora. well... <laughs> my, she was so sweet. sweet. I loved her. She was a terrific person, Doctor Lucille Burbank. Great memory. But seriously, I, I don't think I've ever even told you kids that because you were so tiny when it was. But hearing Do- Captain Kangaroo say, Well, oh, good morning, Tom," mm-hmm. it was so. I was just my heart raced because I just That's loved sweet. Captain I mean, Kangaroo when I was a yeah. little boy. Maybe. Yeah, it was, a, it, oh. was a,
1: it was a great show. It's a great character, and. Uh, yeah, and it's interesting that she talked about how to do just
0: They were just whipping kids up into a frenzy yeah. with that oh, show. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. All right, man, that's going to do it. I thought it was a hell of a good show. Thank you so much. Andy, when we disconnect, uh, once we're, we're off the air, would you hop back on it because I could ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. Uh, but, yeah, so we'll talk to you tomorrow with the family. <laughs>